I have the feet lightly armored, so I'm not uh, wearing paper bags anymore. So. Immaculately average. <laughs> so average it hurts. You have a dog? He scried it in the bowl. <laughs> just waved his hand over the bowl. Show me under him. That might be the best roleplay thing I've ever heard on a podcast. That is excellent. Chapter 72. Welcome back, Cotter. Okay. So, things got a little exciting in the last episode in kind of a familial sort of way. You guys had made it all the way back to Port of Magnum, seeing several disturbing sights. Uh, you saw abandoned farm holds and so forth. You saw an army emptying out of uh, Fair Mons, headed uh, sort of in the direction of Port of Magnum, and then a, another army emptying out of uh, Port of Magnum, headed back in the you know, direction of Fair Mons. Um, Port of Magnum, when you got there, seemed to be completely surrounded by smoky bonfires, you know, here, there, and everywhere dotted around, and old garlands of flowers hung from the walls and the gates and, and so forth, very mysteriously. Um, you did have a, the uh, uh, positive that you made it to the Cathedral of Dianet, and they did promise to produce the uh, ancient dagger of the saint, and uh, you guys then were headed to go get a couple of rooms at uh, the Holiday Inn Express. Woo. And uh, at that point Continent. in time, Alistair, or is it Cotter, uh, was assaulted by a cloud of chiffon and silk shouting, Cotter! And uh, someone wrapped themselves around him, giving him big, big kisses. I'm surprised they didn't say, welcome back, Cotter. You realize like almost nobody's going to understand that reference. I did. Ooh, 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 yeah. ooh, I did. As the old man at the table, yes, we do. Yeah. I was thinking Harry Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at least that's more prevalent. Yeah. You're a paladin, Harry. Okay. <laughs> uh, in all you seriousness. Five, I'd probably knock over my soda in the process. <laughs> Good reference, I appreciate in that. In all seriousness. Okay, but before we start and get into things... Something fun happened in between sessions. You guys leveled up to level seven. Yay! So why don't we do our usual thing? Let's go around, uh, describe our characters, and then to tell everybody what it is that uh, you guys gained in this level up. So, Drew, why don't you start us off with Gurnville? Um, Gurnville, level seven, like you said, uh, being a multi-class character, I had to kind of make a decision which way I wanted this character to go, so after a lot of debate, I decided to put that level into Cleric again. Um, what that meant for me is now I'm a fourth level Cleric, which allowed me to play with my stats, so I dropped a point into Wisdom and Constitution, raising both of those up to a plus three. Um, the Wisdom gave me more hit points, or the, excuse me, Constitution gave me more hit points, the Wisdom allows my DC and my attack to go up a little bit. It also makes me a fifth level caster. So while I don't have fifth, or excuse me, yeah, it makes me a fifth level caster, which unlocks third level spell slots. While I'm not a third level or a cleric that can use third level spells yet, I still have access to the slots to power up spells with. So that's basically what I got. Nice. And now, what does Gurnville look like? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Gurnville is one of the three freaks in the party. Um, sadly, not human as a. Um, Dragonborn, who is a uh, bronze, and he can breathe lightning as an action, not as a bonus action. And um, he is uh, armored in scale mail. He carries a sword that he can light on fire with a word and a shield. Very good. Um, and let us move on to Matt. Why don't you tell us about Noah? So Noah got a couple of 
cool new abilities. Uh, one, he now has the ability to uh, evade like, mass damage attacks. So seemingly spinning around in a, in a dervish-like motion can avoid the effects of things such as a fireball. Go totally matrix on it. Totally matrix. On the fireball. And then um, with some concentration can uh, shrug off the effects of being charmed or frightened. Ironic, that. No, so uh, tell us about uh, what does Noan look like? Um, so, he's got a he's medium build. His, his skin has a, a reddish tinge, but isn't bright red. Uh, kind of medium-sized horns on uh, poking out of the forehead. Red eyes, of course. Uh, kind of a lithe body with a, a ponytail. Um, you know, typical monk's robes, and is also sporting a... a a cloak uh, with some arcane symbols on it that seems to fit him just right and does not interfere with his movements. Nice. Do you have that spell off yourself now? No. I have a cloak of protection now. How long does that that's, yourself that's, last? That's too bad. An hour. No one could be anyone. Okay. And <laughs> let's, on that note, let's move on to Bryce. Why don't you tell us about <coughs> Alistair? Or is it Cotter? How to stare. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you uh, got on the level up, and then you can describe okay. them to us. So, for the level up, I got an extra second level spell slot, so I can do an extra, like, 3d8 damage per day now, because that's pretty much all I use them for, it seems. Or I can summon another horse. Um, Two! No, Two no, horses. I can only have one at a time, but I can oh. summon it again. Okay. I've lost it. So you could be like, Pikachu, I choose you. Return Pikachu. Pikachu, I choose you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't name my horses Pikachu. Oh, oh man. There's a problem right there. Yeah. It's Neachu. Neachu. In addition... It's always sneezing. In addition to the few more hit points I received, I got the Aura of Devotion, which is similar to the Aura of Protection. It's a... Within 10 feet of me, if I'm conscious, allies and other friendly creatures... Um, cannot be charmed. So you're doubly protected now, there, uh, Matt. Ooh. Now, can you use one aura at a time, or they're all both? Of them? They just both it's always active. You just aura-ish. I just aura. Okay. Radiate. I guess. And, and what does Alistair look like, Bryce? So, um, Alistair's a pretty average half elf. If you found like all the half elves and average them, he'd be somewhere close to there. Although he's a little shorter. Um, he has brown hair and brown eyes. And he's wearing a suit of bright red chain. Okay. And what does he carry as a weapon? He has a warhammer. Yeah. Okay. And then, Owen, why don't you tell us about Arlen? So, with the new level up, uh, all I gained was a fourth level spell slot and one extra spell, which I got haste. So we can deal more damage. Treebeard would hate you. Oh, yeah. Well, we have to be hasty sometimes. <laughs> um, other than that, nothing else has changed with him. He um, has blue eyes, has sun-bleached blonde hair, a, short, a shorter side of the half-elves, only 5'7", and uh, he has a tattoo of a tree on the back of his right arm. It keeps getting bigger every level. How big is it now that you're level 7? It's almost to the shoulder. Wow. It's starting like from the elbow. Is it the tree of Gondor? I'm just curious, is it going from like the back of your tricep or is it going across your... The back of the tricep. Oh, so it's going up here. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That's pretty cool. Does it like pulse when you're about to explode? Maybe. When you get to level 20, you should have like... He's not oh, going yeah, yeah. like yeah. a, a whole swarm. Eventually, it'll just be like a full face tattoo. Yeah. You look like <laughs> the last airbender or whatever. Mm-hmm. The last tree bender. The last, <laughs> last tree bender. The last okay. tree destroyer because of fireball. Things. Please, no trees. Okay, and on that note, um, Jesse, why don't you tell us about Adri? So, being a monk, also of seventh level now, I have gained the same. Uh, Bonuses that Matt's character has. I have Evasion now, which allows me to, if I 
succeed on a save against a dex-based uh, attack or spell, then I take no damage, and if I fail, I only take half. Um, and stillness of mind, meaning I can use my key points to uh, remove any effects that leave me charmed or frightened. Um, Adri is a half-row, so she's kind of on the shorter side for half-elf. She's only like five feet tall. Um, she's got white hair, but not quite the white of, of typical drow, and she's got like really dark gray skin, but not quite that really dark black. So kind of a, a charcoal black instead of an onyx black, and yeah, kind of a yeah, platinum yeah. blonde instead mm -hmm. of a instead of a white, completely yeah. white, and then blue eyes instead of the Reddish. all white eyes that the. Uh, That's an interesting color combo. I'm, I'm actually seeing it in my head now. I didn't realize mm -hmm. we're that short. Yeah, well, because drow are short. Right. Well, no, it makes so, sense. Yeah. It does make sense. Yeah, yeah, for some yeah. reason, I didn't realize you were five feet. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's yeah. like literally almost two that's why feet small. I piggybacked on the guys for a couple of times. Yeah. 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 And she did have trouble getting that window that one time. At the end of the window. That makes sense. <laughs> and how tall is Noah? He's like 5'11. Oh, okay. okay, so now I would like to play a fun game called Tell Me Your Magic Items, Feet Skills. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because Ready for this list. as as you guys progress, you start to collect these things, and after a while, they tend to get a little bit forgotten. So, no, uh, actually, Gurnville, why don't you kick us off? Tell us about your magic items that you possess and your feats and skills so that uh, you will remember them. I actually have no feats. Um, that's one of the costs yeah, of being a multi-class. Um, my skills are athletics, intimidation, investigation, medicine, and perception. Um, my abilities, however, I, uh, from my uh, cleric and uh, elder knight, give me uh, a lot of ad adaptation to combat or, or a support role. I'm happy about that. My magical items, um, I only actually have one. In terms of weapons, I have the flame tongue longsword, but I also have, I'm sorry, I have two. I also have the Dagger of Warning, which I use more of a support than an actual weapon. Um, that one allows me to uh, get advantage on initiative rolls and uh, will wake me up if I'm sleeping. As long as it's not magical. And I can't be surprised by, or I can't get the surprise condition. How about the Javelin? The Javelin is, uh, thank you, I forgot about three, that. Three! Three! I, you know, it's funny, Can I collect these like a small armory. I have the, the uh, Javelin of Lightning, which allows me to throw it, and when I say it's magical word, which I affectionately call zap zap just for humor. No, uh, that is the word. The, the magic word is zap zap. Oh, well, anyway. And pick Latin, apse apse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, apse apse, and I'm gonna have to try using that now just because you said that. That's so good. Um, plus, it has, a, it has a fairly low DC to save, but um, it allows me to hit a target with 46 lightning bolt. Uh, for one time, once a day. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best part is, though, if I throw it and there's people in a line, the lightning affects everybody on the way to the target. So for as well, 46. So it's a great one-shot hope. So. Yeah. Any other magic items you have? Uh, the last one's actually a circlet of illusion. Four. <laughs> I said I had two magic weapons, and then it's counted. Three! Three, yes. <laughs> anyway, I have the uh, circlet of illusion, which allows me to cast a sky soul. Every now and again, if I feel the need to. Do I have an island stone too? No, that's you. Is that me? No, you have one. He gave it to me. Oh, he gives you. Yeah, that's why everyone's married to each other. Okay. I thought the island stone was a wisdom thing. I have the wisdom one. You have the wisdom one. I have the constitution. You have the constitution one. Someone has the pink one. I have the pink one. I have the HP one. I have a pink rhombus one. Mine's the blue one. Okay, well, moving on to Noah. Noah, tell us about your. Skills, feats, abilities, and magic items. All right, so no feats. Um, uh, didn't you guys make up a custom feat a while back? No, that's his custom ability. Okay. All right, so skills, uh, acrobatics, stealth, and medicine. And my abilities are dark vision, resist fire, unarmed defense, martial arts, flurry of blows, patient defense, step of the wind, and I'm part of the way of the open hand, so I have slow fall, hellish rebuke, I have an extra attack. I can deflect missiles, I can cast darkness, I have stunning strike, I have disrupt focus, which was the specialty one, which is like help, uh, only we can spend a key point and do it as part of our action, uh, uh, spend a key point to activate it instead of using an action to do it. And it gives one of your allies advantage. Advantage. Uh, wholeness of body, thermology, evasion, stillness of mind. I have a plus one cloak of protection, a ring of water walking, which I've only been able to use once. I have the uh, pink rhombus ion stone, 
It gives me plus two to the constitution and my trusty plus one dagger. You really only used the water walking one? Yeah. Only when the giant crocodile yeah. was eating Andrew. We've been in the Remember after the crocodile died and, you, and all sank there, everybody just yeah, clomped yeah. onto and grabbed onto uh, <laughs> Noan's legs so they wouldn't just sink to the bottom of the uh, the moat. I don't remember climbing on the wall. You were on top of the wall yeah. at the time, yeah. so. But I have, we haven't had any real opportunities to use it, even though I'm thinking of sneaky ways. Yes. <clears throat> okay. And Alistair, or is it Connor? Tell us about your feet skills and magic items. So Alistair has the sentinel feat. It means that uh, when I hit with an opportunity <coughs> attack, the target's speed becomes zero for the rest of their turn. Um, I can make an opportunity attack. Or, and all of these apply to people who don't have the sentinel feat. If they do have the sentinel feat, it doesn't... Which was hilarious in the Obsidian Wall fight. Yeah. But, um... So when an, I can hit with an opportunity attack, even if the target has disengaged, or I can make an opportunity attack even if the target is disengaged, and as a reaction I can make an attack if someone next to me attacks an ally that is not me. Yeah. Um, for skills, I have insight, medicine, perception, and persuasion. That's about it. Um, abilities next? Magic. Did you have any abilities you can add to that? Um, yeah, aura of protection. I liked it. I like that. Um, within ten feet, people get plus two on saving throws, and that's really the big ones. Besides, like I can heal people every so often, but you can smite too, right? Oh yeah, divine smite. Yeah, for a spell slot, I can do one d eight and get an extra one d eight. Plus 1d8 for spell slot level. So I can do 1d8 for the Warhammer hit, then 1d8 for Divine Smite, and then 1d8 for each level of spell slot I use. Very good. And how about your magic items? What do you have in your magic items? For magic items, I have Chainmail of Fire Resistance, which gives me resistance to fire. I have um, a plus one shield. I have a pearled necklace, which allows me to, once a day, regain a spell slot of less than three, level three. And I have a brooch of shielding, which means that I'm resistant to force and immune to magic missiles. Very good. Okay, and Arlen, how about your feet, skills, oh, abilities, and that oh, And a number? plus one Warhammer. Yes. Okay, so feet-wise, I have the feet lightly armored, so I'm not uh, wearing paper bags anymore. Yay! Instead, I'm wearing... <laughs> leather bags. Leather bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I have, for my abilities, I have the ability of... Where I go? Mm -hmm. Tides of Chaos, which allows me to gain advantage on any... Um, Saving throw, ability check, or um, attack roll once a day, or other conditions apply. See sorcery details. Um, I have the ability to bend luck, which, whenever I see a creature that makes an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, I can spend two sorcery points and roll a d4 and give that creature a bonus or penalty. Um, I have seven sorcery points now. Um, my, for my skills, I'm proficient in Arcana, Athletics, Persuasion, and Survival. Other than that, my magic items, I have a Staff of the Adder, which I never get to use because everything's immune to poison. <sighs> Just to your point. Just the end. I have some healing potions. I have a Ring of Mind Shielding. I have a scroll of fear, which I never use. Um, I have some fancy glasses that allow me to charm people, which I've also never been able to use. No, you use it, just not successfully. Yeah. It's, a, it's the curse of an advertiser. You shouldn't do it while looking in the mirror. That might be part of the problem. I have a bowl of scrying, which we've used many, many times. Um, I also have a water skin of holy water still, so that's pretty great. Um, 
I have an Iron Stone, which ups my armor class, and a Periapt of Wound Closure, which allows me to regain more hit points whenever I roll to regain hit points. And more importantly, instant stabilize when you get knocked mm -hmm. down, because that never happens. And I also have uh, Magic Shifting Cloak, which allows me to get any form of any clothes that I want at will, I believe. Well, it's it's a brooch attached to your armor, so mm. you can make it appear whatever you want it to appear, a glamour, whatever. Yep. <clears throat> and I think that's it for me. Okay. And Adrian, need skills and magic items. I don't have any. Um, but for my skills, I have uh, proficiency in athletics, acrobatics, stealth, history, medicine, and persuasion. Um, my I have all the same monk things as Matt does, aside from my uh, Way of the Shadows things, which are different, which are like Shadow Step. That's probably the coolest one. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty cool. I get to get to view. And a couple of others, which I'm staring at my paper trying to find. Another Darkness one. Darkness one! I get to cast Darkness, uh, Pass Without a Trace, Silence, uh, Minor Illusion, uh, and the others are all just regular monk ones. Um, my magic items, I have a plus one hand axe, um, I have bracers of archery, I have a cloak of the elven kind. Um, these are not magical items, but I forgot to mention in my character description. Because Adri is a half-dro, and most people don't really like dro, um, she also wears uh, a cowl and, and a headscarf and things to cover her face, and she uses makeup to make her skin look less uh, dark and spooky. Um, she also has a ring of jumping, uh, one sending stone, um, a blue eye one stone, which I believe is the wisdom, wisdom. one. Yes, yes. Um, Well, you have to research that in the in between time. But I will do that. That's exactly why we went over this <laughs> today. So now, hopefully, it's all fresh in everybody's mind, so that when the need comes to the fore, you guys can just jump on it. Okay. <clears throat> so let us return to the streets of Porta Magnum. So you guys have just left the Cathedral of Dianek and we're headed to the Golden Griffin to get rooms for the night, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this cloud of chiffon and silk that wraps itself around Cotter's neck and shouts, Cotter! And gives him big kisses. And you guys see it's a half-elven girl, um, probably about 18 or so, and she is dressed just immaculately, um, fabulous clothing. Mm -hmm. And followed by probably about six attendants, other ladies, uh, not quite as fancily dressed as her. And she takes one half a step back and then just slaps Alistair right across the face and then kind of puts her finger in her mouth and, and sucks on it a bit, her pinky, because she caught her pinky right in the corner of his helmet as she slapped him in the face. <laughs> and then she says, how dare you leave us? Using that distraction, I want to activate that circle and just turn myself into an average human. Actually, you were an average human if you remember. I don't know. Because you guys were in the cathedral and, and you were you were uh, you were Bob average. You were Bob in the cathedral. However, that being said, that's going to run out pretty quick here. That's why I want to reactivate. It has a while in there. You can reactivate it. Yeah. Yes. If there's no charge, I can do as often as I want. Um, the, the trouble with that is obviously you, it has to drop briefly, mm -hmm. and so all that's, of a sudden... That's why when she smacked him, I looked at him and go... Well, there's quick. also six other people in attendance, okay. and you're on a busy street here, so oh, okay. well, we'll that might cause a little bit We of can all look horrified at him for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you just a dragon? <laughs> I could you know. Okay, so uh, what are you guys all doing? Um, Alistair and or Cotter just got smacked in the face by a uh, about a five foot two inch uh, half elven girl. Uh, does she look like Cotter? She does look a lot like Cotter. Uh, average. <laughs> <laughs> but immaculately so. Immaculately average. So average it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm Gurgle's gonna hang back to see how Alistair handles this because this this is beyond him. 
No one does the face palm. He's already bored. You're bored? There's a fight starting right in front of you. Not this. <laughs> oh, this, this my money's on the one in the chiffon right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, wow, family drama. Yeah. And so she says, and she is basically, Cotter, we'll just call you Cotter from now on. Cotter just links your, her arm through yours and says, you are coming home right now. Bye, Cotter. Bye. Cotter, like, Wait for you guys to follow, I guess. Yeah, we weren't invited. <laughs> it was she turns to you and says, Your attendance may of course follow. On that note, I drop this guy's cell. <laughs> she jumps back, shrieks, and hides behind Cotter and just sort of squeaks out, What is this, Cotter? I'm gonna lean past her. I am attend. Not, you know like, what? I still, you know, she hasn't almost, noticed any horns. I'm gonna be your attendant. I'll be right by your side always. I, I, I have to catch myself in saying I'm not attendant to no one because this guy. <laughs> I have to catch myself on that one. Let's go, uh, sir. Your your sister's not hiding yeah. behind you, um, uh, Kyle. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'd be like five foot two, like a little half elf guy. I'm like a little short, not very short. You were like five, five, seven. seven yeah. I never said my height. I don't know. Where are you? Oh no, I probably no. That was was that you? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. five foot, not tall. I'm sorry. Alec Carter person, where are you headed? I'm actually asking that first. Uh, what? Where are you headed? Um, is this this is Al this is Grumball asking Alistair, where are you headed? So there are lots of things happening. Um, yes, there are lots of things happening. He's asking you where you're going. Yes. Um, you might want to start with who are these people that your sisters asked? Yeah. Um, so I'm going like, to try to calm her down a little. But these are my companions. It's fine. He may look a little scary, but he's not harmless. He's but... just gone crazy, beat up an elf ranger, like made friends with a black dragon, but just okay. fine. So I'm trying to calm her down. Yeah. Well, she, she, you know, with, with your body interposed between her and, and the rest of the retinue, she seems to be um, feeling safe. But uh... and then to Granville, I think we're going to my house. And that she visibly relaxes and links her arm and, and she says, "Yes, come, come, we must go." Are you guys all following along? Sure. For now. That sounds interesting. My lord, can I take your shield? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not the shield, no. <laughs> but I'm an attendant. Allow me to sign your brooch for you. Why would you sign? Or shine. Shine. I was like, I was like, why? I was being sarcastic. <laughs> So, uh, Cotter's sister leads you through the wide streets of the first circle of Portum Magnum. And on each side of the street, you notice walled estates lining the avenues. Their elaborate gates of some unknown metal stand with guards and attendants on each side. Through them, you get views of sweeping lawns and sculptured gardens. Fountains and pools dot the landscapes with manor houses at the center of the grounds. You also pass many of the residents going to and from their various errands. Most seem to be household staff scurrying here and there on their various tasks. They're all well-dressed in a rather understated mold of the servant. However, from time to time, you spot someone that must be a resident of the First Circle, judging by the attendants that follow in their wake. The men seem to favor a hair that lies loosely about their shoulders, and some seem to have had it uh, styled or curled. A small goatee and the separated uh, mustache seems to be in the fashion as well. They dress in doublets or tunics of fine fabrics, mainly muted colors, but elaborately made with filigree of gold or silver thread and paired with breeches and high boots. And they carry fine long swords and matching daggers with elaborate hilts. The fashion reminds you all of that of the Elvish court season. If the men are somewhat noticeable in their presentation, the women, including Cotter's sister, are walking jewels. 
They dress in long flowing gowns of the finest fabrics that are also reminiscent of the queens of the Court of Seasons, while at the same time being even more evocative of wealth. Jewelry glitters from the ears, necks, wrists, and waists. Jeweled hairnets, like those of the elven queens, cover their hair, which falls to their waist or longer, and has been elaborately waved or curled. The hands have been manicured, the faces display subtle if noticeable makeup. Every facet of their being seems to have been maximized to impress. They look more like they are going to elaborate dress balls than just on errands about the city. Ladies-in-waiting follow with their heels, bearing their parcels, and tending to their other needs. You notice that they also bear their family's heraldry, prominently, but not auspiciously. The coat of arms is often included as a pin, a necklace, a bracelet, or a buckle. But you notice, not as large or prominent as even that of the servants that follow them, as if they should already be known and have no need to advertise it. Cotter Sister leads you through the streets and turns at one of the entrances, and the guards leap into action, unbarring the gates and bowing her through. She continues unerringly up to what is an imposing mansion. In two wings and three levels, there must be nearly 100 rooms to judge by the sheer number of windows. Servants' quarters, stables, and other outbuildings flank the main house. Halfway to the mansion, your ears are assaulted by the peals of hunting pack, hounds bouncing and dodging in their joyful enthusiasm in being out and about the grounds, go streaming around you, heading to another part of the compound. The houndmaster calling to them to keep them in some kind of order. All except one dog, with a black spot that covers the side of its face like a pirate's eye patch. Its gray muzzle and arthritic gait belying its age, it hobbles after the pack. But when he encounters the party, he stops and sniffs everyone tentatively until he comes to Cotter. And then his tail starts wagging vigorously. He sits in front of him with his tail still wagging hard enough to move his hindquarters back and forth on the ground. And Cotter? It's Patch. And he was just a puppy when we left. Did I start petting the dog? You have a dog? dog? Give, give me an animal handling roll. No, I'm just kidding. He's just so happy. You know, he immediately, you know, he starts scratching under the churn, and he does that leg, you know, you know, pumping sort of thing. And, uh, and, but he, he just seems to be gazing up at Cotter affectionately. I'm gonna... And he was your favorite hunting dog, way back when. I'm gonna give him some pets too. Nope. You have a dog? <laughs> Why didn't you say you had a dog? Thank you so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean over to no one. I'm gonna give him a walk. This is weird. Totally weird. <laughs> he had a dog. That is pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been truly desperate to have left the puppy. That's true. Why didn't you take your dog with you? Because I didn't put the. I don't think I put the dog in my backstory. He was. You <laughs> 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 didn't put the dog in you your backstory. You need to take the dog. It's so okay, cute. Let's get past the dog for a second. It's just a mark of time, Connor. <laughs> Clearly, you've been gone for about ten plus years. No, there's a whole backstory on the dog. He's going to save your life eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you go down the well? What is it? What? Cotter stuck down the well? Again? So are we at like, the front of the doors here now, Cotter? Or was you it... are halfway to the mansion. I mean, you're looking around, and like I said, it's just sculpted lawns, decorative ponds and fountains, um, you know, gardens. You know, imagine sort of the Palace of Versailles, but this makes the Palace of Versailles look kind of dumpy. But... Uh, I feel very, very poor. Um, yeah. And, and, and you notice kind of Orlando's is kind of crowding in on you, look, looking the same sort of, I'm way out of my league here. And, uh, no, I've got to look up the stain. This much fun white wealth, for some reason, is very annoying, almost insulting to Grimble. You know what's annoying? That dog? Oh my god. Not that dog. <laughs> All the other dogs are this sister one? taking this us up to some weird house when we should be finding the monster. I mean, oh, we're yeah. sort of waiting anyway. Yeah, it's not until tomorrow that you can get the, the dagger anyway, so. It sure feels a lot longer. Let's go meet Mama and Papa Cotter. You continue up to the house proper, and your first impression of the interior of the mansion is no less impressive than the outside. The entrance hall is a full three stories of the building, 
and panelled in rich wood and hung with immense tapestries and massive crystal chandelier. Immediately in front of you, a grand staircase rises to the open hall of the second floor and then doubles back on it to the third. To your right and left, parlors, libraries, and a grand dining room flank the entrance. Servants scurry here and there doing the routine domestic tasks. One serious elderly gentleman, perhaps the butler or head of the household, approaches you. Morlana, good to see you. I hope your day out was pleasant. And he looks around, and, and who is the party which joined you? And he looks at each of you in turn, and finally his eyes fix upon Cotter, and he says, oh, it's you. You were a jerk to leave your dog, and now we have this. And, um... Marana, so apparently that is her name, says, yes, um, we need accommodations for uh, all of Cotter's associates here, and uh, please, I believe, Cotter's room is in order so he can return. Dude, Our teddy bears and stuff are untouched. Is that a poster of Justin Bieber? No, it's the Jonas Brothers. Thank you. Justin Okay, and um, he gives a couple of quick orders to some uh, servants who scurry away, and he says, if you'll please follow me, and uh, turns around the house, and, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, the ladies-in-waiting take uh, Marana's uh, effects and apparently taking off to wherever she needs to put them and uh, She turns to Cotter and, and grabs your hands and says we'll see you later Cotter in just a few and he leads you upstairs to one of the wings and The rooms that you enter are the epitome of opulence large and well lit they are furnished with fine carpets tapestries and furniture they are all of the finest ceramics, fabrics, weaves, and woods, and tastefully gilded. There is, however, just the right amount of wear to suggest old money. Your eyes are drawn to the large windows, which gaze out over the walls of Porta Magnum in a sweeping view of all the levels of the city, and the mare beyond, flanked by grain fields to the left and forests to the right. You hear a polite knock behind you, and servants enter. Valets unpack your few things into the chests of drawers. Chamber women turn down the bedspread and lay out small towels and steaming bowls of rose water in the, on the end tables, and then they bow themselves out. And you guys notice when they unpack your few things into the chest of drawers that sitting on top of each one of those um, is a note. And if you open your folders and look behind your pages there, you will each find that note. You can get a note. Get out. Interesting. Yeah. And we're all in each our own room, or are we? Yes. In okay. Each person has their own fantastic opulent room. It's a, it's a secure room. I mean, I'm not sure how safe I can be here, to be completely honest. Um, You're behind locked gates. It, it seems that you're about as safe as you could possibly be. I'm going to. Uh, as much as I've already unpacked, I'm going to grab what money I have. Uh, my ordinary equipment is to my bag and go try to find Cotter Stair here. Okay. Um, and Cotter, uh, you obviously are uh, led by one of the servants to your old room. And it's a little creepy. Because you enter, and although it is immaculately clean, not a single thing has changed. Everything is exactly where you left it all those years ago. Including your underwears? Mm hmm <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying hard not to comment on that. Top drawer on the wall? Mm hmm You know that. Common factor. <laughs> he scribed it in the bowl. <laughs> just waved his hand over the bowl. Show me under <laughs> oh, That's his room. Okay. Who is this cutter person? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so you guys, are you going to freshen up with the rose water and all that real quick? Uh, um, I don't want to put rose water on me. I don't know what to do with it. So I, I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> it is tasty. Are you and very hot. And very warm. That might be the best roleplay thing I've ever heard on <laughs> podcast. That is excellent. It's like, Did, oh, fresh our, tea. Ron is drinking with you, I assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She has her own room. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm going to... So are you going to drop your weapons and armors? And... No. 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 I am going to use the brooch to turn my clothes into what I think are fancy, but are probably like really, like really low class. That's going to be <laughs> awesome burlap you've got yeah. there. Yeah, your you. excellent the checked tunic and striped <laughs> leggings. And... <laughs> oh good, the I court still have fancy off robes from when we were at the, yeah. the Elven Court, so I'm yeah, you guys, fancy. You, you guys do have fancy And being a monk, being a monk, I don't really care for such extravagances. They probably kind of like although um, the thing that I would wear to market on the day that we sell. Oh, class here and just in robes, so it's uh, it's a little a little different. I'm justifying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go seek Adria. I was preparing with the cotter. Okay. Well, actually, I'm enjoying um, this rose water. <laughs> <laughs> as as you guys are you know un, you know finish unpacking and just about to head out to. Uh, to see everybody, um, you get a, a small knock at the door, and um, the uh, head of the household reappears and, and says, um, If it pleases you, refreshments will be served in the parlor immediately. Uh, don't worry, I've already been refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you'd guys... be happier out in the barn. <laughs> so are you guys going to gather down at the, the parlor? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where I can find Cotter, sure. Okay, well, you guys all appear uh, down there, and um, it's kind of nice. They've got, I mean, there's a beverage table, and, you know, they've got wine, and there's a bottle of brandy, and some chilled ice water. You have no idea where they're getting ice from, but ice water, you know, with, like, little citrus pieces in it. And then on a separate tray, there are, like, some little crumpety muffin things and some, you know, sliced in spread little cheeses. And some, you know, fresh fruit and so forth like that, um, all on the table waiting for you. And uh, all of you assemble, but there's no cotter. Uh, at least not yet. Um, and Is his sister there? Or any of the other family members? Just, just you guys. Okay. Um, you, you do see what you assume to be members of the family passing by uh, in the hallway. Um, but apparently they're giving you time to freshen up. And um, Orlana comes into the room, and she's changed into her elven dress from the from the uh, elven uh, moon festival, and um, her eyes are just the size of dinner plates. And when aren't they? That's the real question. She plops down next to you, Arlen, and says, "Did you know your friend was so wealthy?" I mean, and she's just looking around, completely stunned. I didn't even know he had a dog. No, <laughs> he hasn't really. Told us anything. No, you not really. <laughs> so I am curious to know why he left. Yeah, it seems like a so life of comfort and leisure. I'm biding my time. Good for Rome. <clears throat> okay. Dogs now, as a time. player, I cannot say what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's not. Okay. <laughs> so um, you uh, nosh on the refreshments. Everything here is so strong. It's not as rosy as the water. <laughs> not as rosy as the water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kata, um, you are freshening up in your room, and there's a polite knock on the door, and it's one of the servants who tells you that you're family, the rest of your family, is expecting you in the family parlor. One of several, but you know which one it is. Um, so you take off down the hall, and you get up right to the door, and you're just about to put your hand on the doorknob, and you hear your older sister's voice from inside saying, Mother, this is a bad idea. We, we can't... Board this right now. 
and you hear your mother retort, Nonsense! Our only son has come back. We are, of course, going to have a dress ball in his honor. And then your older sister, you can hear her voice, you know, muffled through the door saying, But it's just not wise at this time, mother. What are you going to do? I'm going to open the door. So you uh, swing the door open, and there's your mother and your three sisters, um, all sitting there with the perfect posture that uh, they've been trained to you, um, sitting there apparently waiting for you to uh, arrive. And your uh, middle sister uh, bounds up off of her chair and says, Oh, here's Cutter. Uh, come to join us. Come, come, come. And she uh, grabs your hands and pulls you into the center of the room and, and sits back down. And your mother says, Here he is, our prodigal son. And what do you bring us? Some sort of circus sideshow. What do you mean by bringing this freak show into our house? And what of this new young lady? I mean, at least you had the taste to bring a half-elf. What are you going to tell Sinia? You gave her a Clodiga. Do you mean to take it back? So I'm just going to ignore the circus sideshow because she sort of has a point. I mean, true, we're true, not true. the most normal groups, but I'm going to say, uh, Mother, there must be some misunderstanding. There is no romantic sentiment between myself and Aegy. She is a comrade in arms, nothing more. And your older sister says, You mean she's some kind of working girl? Oh my. I'll respond with a confused yes. I feel that's sort of self-evident. Okay. But then your older sister bounds up off her chair and, and uh, comes and claps hand, hands with you and says, But here's Cotter, here to save us in our hour of need. You are here to save us, aren't you, Cotter? I would be happy to help. What are your troubles? And she turns to uh, your mother and says, See, I told you he would stay. Here in our hour of need. When she says stay, I'm going to like sort of freeze a little. Okay. I will do what I can to help the family, but I must leave soon. My party and I are the only ones who can stop the ill that is afflicting this land. Then when you say that, your younger sister just kind of sits bolt upright and, and says, But you can't leave. You just can't. You must stay. You must help us. We're, we need help running the business. I would if I could, but I cannot. The problems affecting the realm are serious, and there are fewer people able to combat this threat than there are people capable of running the business. And your mother just kind of turns to you and says, This is enough. You are the first son of a family of Port and Bangum. Your duty is clear. To stay and run the business, not to go gallivanting around. Mother, I have greater duties than just to my family. I have sworn oaths to protect the whole world, and that duty also binds me to continue on my path. And your middle sister just kind of throws up her hands and says, This is preposterous. I can't believe it. And your younger sister then turns in and he says, Please, Cutter, please, don't leave us. I may be duty-bound to leave, but I am here now, and will be for at least a short while. If you will accept it, I will gladly help while I am still here. And your mother says, well, that is something, but not enough to save. You should go get ready. We are having a dress ball tonight in your honor. Ah, I see. I must inform my companions. In the meantime, I will see what I can do to help your situation. The servants have already informed your companions, uh, and they will attend you in anything you need to be ready. We will see you there tonight. A good day, Mother. And then you leave the room? Yeah. Okay, um, so you close the door behind you, and then about um, two seconds later, you hear the door open and close again, and uh, you look back, and you know, with a swish of skirts, your sister, uh, your older sister, I should say, uh, comes hurrying out in the hallway after you, and once again, um, she uh, clasps hands with you, and she says, Cutter, 
Adam, we, we really do need you to stay. These, these duties were never designed to fall to us. We were trained to be ladies of society, not businessmen. We had father and your brother and you. We never thought we'd find ourselves in a situation like this. We have no idea what we're doing. I will do what I can to help you all. You have my word. Well, do think about staying, Cutter. We need you. And she kind of gives your hands a, a quick squeeze. And then, you know, gathering her skirts up, she takes off down the hall in the other direction. You turn, turn to your room to get ready for the dress ball? Uh, actually, I'm going to go to the parlor to make sure... Or, the other parlor oh. to make sure that everyone else knows what's going on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, after... You guys have finished most of the refreshments, and after a, a length of time... Um, Cotter does appear, and he seems to be troubled by something, mm. and um, he announces that there is to be a dress ball tonight in his honor. Uh, Gerba literally does that. Why are and they going to dress up a ball? <laughs> it doesn't seem very, like, special. And on that note, that's where we're going to stop. Okay, um, good one, Owen. It, you got him. Especially you got Jesse there. That was actually pretty good. But anyways, back to the episode. So things have gotten a little bit interesting here. Um, it turns out that uh, Cotter is loaded. And yeah, why did someone that lives in the lap of luxury just up and leave and become a penniless paladin? Very interesting. We'll have to find out what happens with that. And what all's happening with his family? You know, they're like maybe not supposed to spend money and stuff. It's kind of weird. But they are. It's even weirder. So uh, what's happening here? Why won't they let him get away? Well, we'll just have to wait and find out about that in the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>